Here is an interview with an old friend from high school. He struggled with drugs, addiction, bipolar, and several other struggles. Uh, this brought him to the streets. It brought him through addiction recovery. And now he gives back to this community, the homeless community, by facilitating a lot of different ministries um, to help the homeless. All right. Enjoy our interview. Uh, all right. What's that? It's been a long time. I know. <laughs> yeah, real long. All right. Um, so I read a little bit over the summary of how you got to where you're at and what you're doing. First of all, can you tell um, me and my blogging audience um, what you're doing right now, um, like what your mission is right now, and then we can go back to how you got there. So the mission now is to raise money to get my – C three, so I can get um, you know assigned to secretary secretary of state to get legal the IRS to get filed, and then the the bigger goal is to get um, a truck, gut it, and then put a shower stall, laundry facility, and then talk to somebody um, in the House or the Senate to see about using city water. And essentially, I would like to drive around, not me, or hopefully or get somebody to drive the truck around Dayton town and provide showers and laundry facilities to those literally who've lost their dignity to the point where they don't even want to shower anymore. Hmm. Wow. Um, that's fantastic. So mostly the, the homeless population in Denver, is that kind of the scope right now? That is the main scope. Cool. Okay. Um, give me like a two or three or four minute um, summary of how you got here. So, my addiction started roughly around the age of nine. Um, I remember drinking gin and tonic, and it just gave me this this euphoric feeling like, wow, I can accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, prior to that, my first distinct feeling as a four or five-year-old was, I'm not good enough, and I'll never be good enough no matter what I do. So, mm -hmm. I ace whatever it was, um, being better in sports, being better in school, uh, dating the best looking girl in school just anything to fill that void of not mm. feeling was ever enough and I remember that first drink at 9 and it just was like it took off um, you know it got to the point where weekends were all about partying and you know it caught up to me um, I came to the point where the alcoholism took over I started doing methamphetamines and crack cocaine and I dropped out of high school, and it really got a hold of me. And I, you know, I came to the point where I became suicidal, um, super depressed. Mm -hmm. I've been nine times and attempted suicide, probably a dozen. A couple of those, um, I was pronounced dead, and by the grace of God, I was brought back. Um, I remember one one certain point. Um, I was homeless downtown during the whole year of 2008. Um, we called it Skid Row. I uh, begged on the corner of uh, 13th and Spear, 14th and Spear, next to the King Supers. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I remember I hadn't showered or shaven for probably two weeks, and I had actually probably urinated myself and um, crapped myself. So I probably didn't smell too good either. And, you know, I was sitting on a rock at my campsite. Um, picture of my son, Quentin, at the time he was five and left the hand half gallon of vodka on the right and 
you know, there was a there was a breaking point there where I wanted so badly to see my son, but the power and the desire to drink was was greater. And I ended up on the 16th Street Mall in a Walgreens. Um, I stole uh, a 500 pill bottle of, of uh, extra strength Tylenol and a 100 pill bottle of Excedrin, a bottle of NyQuil, and I had a, a fifth of vodka. And I jumped on the 16th Street light rail or shuttle bus. And by the end, where it ends at the, the ship on the north side, I had consumed the 600 pills, the bottle of NyQuil, and the bottle of vodka. And I proceeded to go and lay down in the bush by REI, by the Platte River. And three days later, I woke up, and blood was coming out of every orifice of my body. So, um, and a, vo a voice, a good voice, said, hey, you have a doctor's appointment tomorrow morning. This was a Sunday. Tomorrow morning would have been Monday with mm -hmm. Dr. Smith at uh, Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. And I don't know how I got strength, because I was, I was beyond weak. But I ended up at the front doorstep, and I slept in the rain. Um, I actually had to plug my ears with my pinkies because of the voices telling me to kill myself and to hurt other people. And I remember they opened the doors at, at quarter to eight. I went in, got on the phone. I called all my family members, and I was psychotic. I told my family I was going to kill them. I, I went and I sat down with Dr. Smith, and um, she, she asked me what was going on. And I told her. She looked me in the eye, and she said, you know, according to how long I've been a doctor and the amount of stuff you've consumed, you are going to die. Um, she said the only hope would be to go to Denver Cares, the number one toxicology hospital in Colorado. She called. They were book solid. They said we have no room for him. Um, so she went on to the next um, St. Luke's and miraculously, and then this is how I know I'm going to do great things because because. God intervened um, an ambulance from Denver Cares, Denver Health, showed up. They transported me. They got to the hospital. They ran blood tests. Um, my bilirubin was thousands of times over normal. Um, they called my mom, and they asked her to come and sign my right of will because I was dying. I was, I was, I was a goner. Um, my six-year-old son... He walked into the room, and she whispered in my ear, Daddy, I don't want you to die. And miraculously, I began to urinate, um, urine from, from blood to brown to yellow to clear. Um, and this, the bad part is, is that wasn't the end of my journey. I ended up shooting myself um, mm. in the stomach to try and bleed to death. And now my left leg is 40% paralyzed. You know, it came to the point where my mom wrote a 15-page dissertation to the state of Colorado to get me put away. And uh, so they came to me and said, you have two options, complete seven months of intense um, inpatient rehab or to prison for two years so i ended up in the um <laughs> mental state facility down in pueblo colorado called the circle program hmm. and this is where the crazies of the crazies go and, and i felt 
I felt hopeless at this time. Like, am I really so sick that I'm ending up here mm-hmm. where crazy um, criminals go who've, who've committed murder and, you know, schizophrenia? And I'm like, crap. But this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I spent 88 days down there and, you know, miraculously through 60 hours of counseling a week. Um, and I met a guy, an Indian, who took me to the first step of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, admitted that I was powerless and that the only way I could get better was with God. And I came back to Denver, and I was seven months clean and sober um, at Denver Cares, a detox facility, living in the back at the TRC program. And it was Sunday night meeting, and I don't exactly remember what the message was, but I remember just bawling my eyes out. And um, a man by the name of John Lopez came up to me after the meeting as I had my head um, my head in my hands crying uncontrollably. Um, I, I felt this warm hand on my shoulder, and I, I turned around, and there was this aura around this man. And I'm not just because I was crying, but it was, it was this glow. And he looked at me, and he said, I, I can see you're hurting, and I have one question to ask you. Do you want to get better? And I said, I will do anything to get better. I will push a quarter across the street with my nose to get better, to get this feeling away. And he said, you have to be willing to go to any lengths to do what I'm going to do for you. And, and so we worked the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And through that, um, I had this spiritual experience. And I came to know and understand God. And I knew that I was, I was worth living, that I was going to be okay. And so through my struggles with homelessness, um, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, addiction, I came to realize that this gift um, was given to me freely. So how selfish would I be if I didn't give it back? So I started this foundation six years ago with just... Um, getting winter essential kits, essentially stuff for people to do personal hygiene, um, socks, um, hand warmers, foot warmers, just personal belongings. Cause when you're homeless and you don't have anything, just the littlest things can make the biggest difference. So the first three years I did, uh, 10, 20, 30 bags. And then year four, I got up to 40. And then last year I went ahead and started a GoFundMe page and raised over a thousand dollars. And, um, my good friend Leanne Harrison helped me stuff 110 bags, and then I was able to bring my son Quentin downtown, handed out 110 bags to the homeless, and you know I was left uh, feeling kind of empty because we were four or 500 bags short. <laughs> so now my goal is, you know, what better way to restore dignity to somebody who's lost all dignity? By just providing them with the shower, yes. to, yeah. to hire, but ask some barbers for their time and effort, you know, give some haircuts or some trims. And then the laundry facility, of course, because when you're homeless, you don't even have change to wash your clothes. You've been wearing the same clothes for weeks on end. You smell. And when you feel like that, you don't want anything to do with anybody. Mm-hmm. So my dream is, is to be able to help restore some dignity so and it's witnessing miracles and i've witnessed the miracle Um, now i want to share my miracle and then i want to help somebody else become the miracle Mm -hmm. 
that's that's the basis of, of where I want to go with this. That's awesome. Um, I have a friend here in Atlanta who does that um, shower slash barber truck model. I should connect you with him so that you guys can um, you can learn from what he's learned. Um, yeah, it, it's like uh, he's doing it here in Atlanta, so I should connect you guys. Um, so um, for anybody who's dealing with some sort of addiction or um, mental uh, struggles, disorders, what would be your advice to them? know in your, in your darkest hour there is always light um, and that light is, is Jesus Christ so you can just sit uh, even if you're not a father if you're a brother or even if you've owned a dog mm-hmm. could you imagine giving the thing you love most to save the life of another that's what God did for us you know I'm a father and there's no way I would ever give my son for for anybody because I know as humans we're selfish, we're self-seeking, we're, we're self-pleasured. Um, but that doesn't mean all people are bad. We live in the flesh, we're born in sin, and we're always sinning. So I know the only time there isn't light is when you're dead. But even and if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died and rose for you, the light will never extinguish. Amen. But I do know um, prayer, meditation. Um, if you're an alcoholic or uh, or suffering from addiction, AA for me has has been the, the cornerstone of my foundation, my relationship with God, and talking to people. I know at some points my phone feels like four thousand pounds. And it's so hard to pick up and call. But even if you text somebody or just call out, I mean, tell somebody, even if it's your pet, mm. uh, you know, the longer you hold stuff in, the greater the, it gets. Mm. So I've always learned that uh, no mountain is too big to climb. So so here's my like, saying that I've always, I've always thought about. God can move mountains. Better pack a lunch, better bring a shovel. <laughs> I love it. All right, so I've almost used up your entire break. Uh, last question is, um, how can anybody who sees this directly help the cause immediately? Donations, um, spread the message, post on my, my, my page, a miracle you've witnessed. Um, and, and, and it's funny because people are like, well, I've never witnessed a miracle. It's like... Did you wake up this morning? Mm-hmm. Uh, in bed? Did you wake up in a house? Did you did you get to eat? I mean, none of that's promised. So mm-hmm. it, the good saying is, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Mm-hmm. So and we're not promised tomorrow. So just use what time you have. If you love somebody, tell them. If uh, you're upset with somebody, tell them. Um, if you see somebody on the street, give smile, wave. I mean, it's it's no we take for granted how a smile is. Um, you never know what that smile can do for somebody else. And then, bottom line, it, I mean, 
if you want to donate, donate money, I'm going to use it for my cause. Um, you know, my time is valuable, but I'm here to help others. Um, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't given this gift to, to keep it. I, I was given it to give it away. Mm. So um, say the name of the, like, what do they have to search in Facebook to find your page? Well, you can search my, my name is Whitney Matthews, M-A-T-T-H-I-E-S. And then my subpage is Witnessing Miracles. Witnessing there's a, Miracles. There's a GoFundMe page on the link. Fantastic, man. Wit, it's been awesome to talk to you and catch up. Um, I'll let you get back to work, um, but let's um, talk some more in the future. Thanks, love, Ross. Love you, buddy. God bless you, brother. God bless. All right. Catch you soon. Bye.